What is going on, everyone? Welcome to this week's Pardon the Disruption. I'm your host, Matthew Potter. Uh, excited for the show today. We got some uh, new guys, and we also have some usual suspects as well. Real quick, going to go ahead and show you our rules for how we do things around here. Five questions, and everybody will get one minute to go ahead and respond, and then two minutes to chop it up. Points will be awarded during their answer based on good arguments and or favoritism. Speaking of favoritism, we have our reigning champion from last week, uh, Leon G. Barnes. Introduce yourself. I am playing a little hurt today, but since we have some new panelists today, including one former NFL player, I thought I'd throw some dirt on this because obviously the champion has to come back to defend. And the voice is hurting today, but we're playing hurt. We're going to do this. Excited to be here. There we go. Champions that show up with with dirt rubbed on uh, on their knees, man, they definitely get a point for their intro. All right, next up, coming to us from Richmond, VA, we have Christopher Jefferson. CJ, introduce yourself, boss. Yeah, man, Chris Jefferson, Richmond, VA, the U. Uh, always good to be here. Good to see everybody. And uh, let's jump into it, man. There we go. Short, sweet, to the point, efficiency at its best. All right, next up, uh, coming back on, I've been on a couple times, we have Stratton Brown, Strat Daddy, if you will. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, guys, Stratton Brown. I own a company called Virtual Help. I don't know how many plugs I'm going to get in today for the companies that I do own, but the goal is always to beat Robert Wensley and his self-promotion. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me on. I love being back. I love coming on here. I love the Winsley's not even on the show today. And you're still taking shots, throwing haymakers. All right. Last, joining us today, we have Dean Rogers. Go ahead and introduce yourself, boss. What's up, guys? Uh, excited to be here. Dean Rogers started my career in the NFL, ready to throw some elbows today. Uh, transitioned then into the corporate world, realized that wasn't getting me back to the dream life. Got my teeth uh, cut, started with the free Flip to Freedom Sean Terry podcast and been doing that ever since for 10 years. Done over 600 deals, got the rental portfolio, all that fun stuff, coaching students with the wholesaling playbook. Excited to be here. I like it. I like it. We're excited to have you. Thanks for coming on, Dean. We're going to go ahead and get into question number one. Like the massive snowstorm going through the eastern part of the country and destroying homes, how do you handle natural disasters, ruining your properties, or potential deals? Start us off, Leon. Well, first of all, I love that they brought in you know two football players to take us on this week, CJ. I enjoy that. Ready for it. Um, Real competition. Know, I, having grown up in, in the Midwest, I grew up in Kansas City, and my market is Wichita, Kansas, and... Uh, Believe me, if you watched that Chiefs game last week with temperatures below zero, that's not wind chill, that's below zero uh, for all of our rental properties. We just stay out in front of it. Uh, the biggest thing you have to know is, you know, being from Kansas, you have to be an amateur meteorologist at all given times. You just never know what the weather is going to be. So from a property management standpoint, we stay out in front. We make sure that we know what's coming. We identify uh, the storms and what you know could potentially happen and let our tenants know. Uh, we're upfront, uh, we communicate well, and then we make sure that they do the same with us. We're gonna take care of it. You just gotta let us know whether that's hurricanes or frozen pipes or hurricanes, 
I'm now in Florida, so you can see that. Uh, or tornadoes or, or frozen pipes, what have you. Just let us know, and we're going to get on it immediately. We're going to chalk up those Kansas hurricanes to you being slightly under the weather today, Leon. <laughs> All right. What about you, CJ? What uh, What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, my property manager is going to deal with that on my behalf, <laughs> right? So I, I'm not going to be involved in it necessarily. I'm going to be involved in the insurance claim. I know Leon's in Florida. They don't really get insurance anymore, but up here, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to get an insurance claim, bro. <laughs> and then, when you know, let's be real, right? You know, insurance comes in, then we're, then we're making decisions on what we do from there. <laughs> Got to talk to the adjuster, man. Uh, I'm not even mad at that. Insurance uh, in Florida is definitely a hot button issue right now. All right, Stratton, what about you, man? This is the whole reason I started to buy storage facilities, because I do not want to have to deal with any of the nonsense of natural disasters. At a point in time, I had a tenant light my house on fire, and I had to go get a private adjuster, and that was the best decision I ever made, because he got us like $50,000 more, yeah. whether or not if we wouldn't have gone to him. And then as I have that house in escrow to sell again, oh, I can't, I gotta watch. This piece of shit <laughs> lit my house on fire again. While it was in escrow, I had EMD deposited. And then this buyer calls me back. He's like, yo, I just drove by it. And it looks like there was a fire again last night. I was like, all right, bro. Like, cause I had non-refundable EMD. I was like, well, this is good to go. I was like, I'll send back your EMD or whatever, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, that's why I buy storage, so I don't have to deal with that nonsense. And get a private adjuster, no matter what you do, they'll always help you get more money. That's outstanding. I guess the real question is, how is Stratton as a landlord that your tenant torched the house twice? <laughs> twice, bro. bro. <laughs> oh, I, I, I can tell stories about this. <laughs> All right, Dean, what about you? What are you doing? Yeah, well, uh, I'd say strategically, uh, I'm on the West Coast, a.k.a. the best coast, uh, unlike Leon over there, who has to evacuate town five times a year because of uh, hurricanes over there. Uh, but for me, you know, we've got we keep getting teased with this big earthquake that's going to happen and just take California and put it in the ocean. And Arizona is now going to be beachfront property. I've yet to see it. I've got a few tickles over the years for from some earthquakes. But, uh, you know, for us, we pretty much. We've, we've got uh, the natural disasters that have been happening because our government isn't, you know, doing the proper deforestation. They, they don't have the right, uh, you know, aqueduct system set up and, and all that kind of stuff. So we, we've been dealing with some crazy stuff with the fires and the floods yeah. and stuff like that. Fortunately, we don't own our properties in areas where we're, we're dealing with that. So we've been able to avoid it and uh, come out just fine. So I want to know, Strat Daddy, uh, where are your self-storage uh, facilities? Are they under a dome? Do they not get affected by weather at all? <laughs> I mean, it's it's metal, you know? Like, I'm not thinking a whole lot about it. It's metal and beams and sometimes sheetrock separating the walls. And if something happens, we have tenant insurance. Like, I feel so much more comfortable rather than, like, you would have to be a master arson to go light 22,000 square feet of steel on fire. You would have to be one hell of a pyromaniac. Well, Leon, he's before. also got them out in, in the desert where the hills have eyes people are hanging out, you know, so <laughs> they don't sure. want to like, they For don't want to sure. get caught. So they're just kind of hanging low. They'll, they'll yeah. pay their bill on time. Um, yeah, we got, we got some, we got some wild tenants. I'm not going to lie. I found well, a gun in one of our units the other day. It definitely sounds like you guys are smarter than me when it comes to where your facilities and your properties are, because 
between Kansas and Florida, I can't get away from uh, tornadoes and ice and earthquakes even in Kansas by the, uh, in the last few years. And then obviously here in her hurricane uh, uh, area of, of the country, we've had a couple here come through Tampa the last couple of years. So shout out to you, Dean, for putting them in property in, in, in a state in an area where you don't have to worry about any natural disasters. Yeah, I mean, but tenants are natural disasters in the state. That's true, especially your tenant. <laughs> tenants can absolutely just rip you limb from limb without zero care for anything, and then you have to pay them to leave the goddamn house in the state of California. Yeah, happy birthday, light skin Steve Trank. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> awesome. Uh, <laughs> Point to CJ for for <laughs> for wishing Steve Trang happy birthday. As always, I think this is what thirteen <laughs> weeks in a row uh, CJ has not missed. Um, <laughs> all right, we're gonna get into question number two. Uh, NBC paid one hundred and ten million dollars to exclusively stream the Chiefs versus uh, Dolphins on Peacock, which was a huge win, resulting in twenty eight million views. When was a moment in your business when you took a huge risk and it paid off? Start us off, CJ. Yeah, I'd say, you know, this time, 2022, uh, maybe slightly before, just made a really big investment and in kind of scaling and growing the brand. And, you know, we invested heavily, you know, in, in building our own internal team and a lot of different things. And uh, it was like definitely one of those uh, bet the house moments i think we all deal with you know multiple times over as entrepreneurs and just kind of put it all in on it and uh you know it uh, had a massive payoff immediately for us uh but it was definitely uh you know hey if this doesn't work out the way that we're planning you know maybe i'll be uh you know working for steve train doing something you know <laughs> moving to az you know there we go let, let me know i i'll Put you up in the guest quarters, man. You're good Come to on, go. Man. You're the vibes, man. <laughs> All right. What about you, Stratton? Man, I still think the biggest risk was when I first started my own business and absolutely putting everything on the line with zero life skills, zero skills to go make any type of money. I was, what, 22 years old, single father, and I didn't have any other ways to make money. And all I could do is just call people and knock on doors. But then doing that and betting on myself instead of going and getting a job or going working for my parents or whatever it is, I think was the biggest risk I took. And it's paid dividends over the years. And then I would say number two would be for sure brand. CJ is not off. I think everybody, if you could invest heavily in your brand, it's a longer game and it's a bigger risk. You're not going to get like direct monetization right away. But that thing is going to pay you leaps and bounds over time with opportunities, money, whatever you want to do with it. That's a very valid point. Brand. Brand is very important, especially in 24 and moving forward. All right. What about you, Dean? Yeah, I'd piggyback on CJ and Strat Daddy over there. You know, uh, those are those are both big moments. You know, me betting on my brand was something I did beginning of 2022, uh, like CJ. Uh, me getting started, that was a big moment in my life too. Like pretty much starting completely over from scratch when I walked away from the NFL to then try to find what was that next thing that was going to get me back to that dream lifestyle. Like, what was it? I had no life skills just like Stratton at that time. And th I thank God that I found 
that free podcast and just took relentless action on it. I'd say one of the pivotal moments for me though, was when I was, uh, at a, at a moment where I was just hustling, grinding, doing one to two deals a month with just blood, sweat, and tears. And I was fearful of taking that next step. What was going to scale me to pass that one to two, two deals a month. And it was doubling down on marketing and I was scared to do it. I know I needed to do it, but when I did it, the moment I did that, I instantly saw my business double overnight. And it always comes back down to the marketing for me or in sales and marketing. And if you can get better at marketing, do more marketing, that's your best investment you can make. Dean, you better watch out. I saw CJ's face when you said sales and marketing. You two are going to be BFFs <laughs> now. You better, you better watch out, man. All right, Leon, what about you? Well, I think my my biggest risk uh, here lately has been twofold. Uh, I kind of live a double life as a real estate investor and also the VP of membership for the Collective Genius. And they go hand in hand. Uh, two, three and a half years ago, I left uh, my, my home market where my investment business is uh, and moved halfway across the country uh, for the Collective Genius and to take a risk during COVID. Uh, to start uh, a new level within our community. Uh, so I leave my business and my partner and uh, employees there, uh, which honestly has turned out that me being in it less and uh, dealing with more of the visionary executive type decisions has made that business better. Uh, and making this move has, has grown our co community significantly, but starting a new community uh, right after or right during COVID, I should say, uh, was a huge risk that uh, really paid off. So it, it worked out hand in hand and my double life continues at a high level. <laughs> yeah, I like what, uh, what what Dean said too. It kind of took me back to, that was a moment for me too, man. Like uh, I came off a rough 2017 that I've talked a lot about coming into January, this time 2018. Uh, <laughs> I, had a, I had a crazy amount of debt. I was rich broke, uh, lawsuits out the wazoo. And uh, I sold a property. I got $32,000 in profit. And it was like, all right, do I pay bills right now? Like these people are already upset. Mm -hmm. All right, they're already pissed off. Or do I just throw this and trust the processes that we've built and just throw it Hell out? Oh, yeah. Uh, so I threw all 32000 straight on sales and marketing. Mm. And next month we did 13 deals. This is back when text was text. Like if you was texting in 2018, you were <laughs> cranking, man. Cranking. What is the one risk you made that was huge that didn't pan out? Mm. I'd be interested because everybody talks about like, yeah, I took this big risk. I got those. It panned out, but I got a fuck ton <laughs> that have not panned out that have cost me so much money. I think that's <laughs> the technical term. Measurement, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, man. I, I I know mine for sure. Mine would be construction business. I owned a construction company for a while. Just a complete headache. Then a completely thin margin business that's really actually a customer service business, yep. not construction. And uh man, if I could get, you know, those five years of life back, you know, that'd be that'd be amazing. I wouldn't have had problems in 2017, that's for sure. Man, I, I can single out two distinct ones, two, two, pro, two situations that were easily avoidable that cost me over $300,000. I'll 
of actual cash out of my pocket, not like opportunity cost. Oh, I lost no, like real dollars out of my pocket. There were two deals that I should have never done, easily avoidable. I didn't do the right due diligence. They were both at moments where I needed to do that next deal. I needed to make more money. And because of that, I put the blinders on. Mm -hmm. I just ignored obvious red flags and I pretended the numbers were better than they really were right on, on the first deal. And the second deal, it happened to be a guy who was just literally like a scam artist belong on an American greed episode, no joke, and had a house of cards, literally scammed dozens of people. I happened to be a victim because I just needed to do that next deal and got just, you know, raked over the coals. So my two cents, my best advice is it's better to do no deal than a bad deal. Man, ain't, ain't that the truth. And Dean's fitting in perfectly dropping in American greed on the show. Like he he's obviously <laughs> watched the show before. I mean, I think we bring that up. We bring up, uh, you know, serial killers at least once a, once a yeah. week. There you go. You got Leon. Yeah, I got a bunch there. of them in Florida, so you know Leon knows about them. Exactly. Dude, it's why he's fascinated. He's down there hunting in the Everglades. It's like a whole thing. He's fitting in really, really well. All right. All right. We're going to get into question number three with our viral video. Check it out. Okay, this video is really important for everyone, especially for relationships. This woman's getting laid off. She just wants them to be honest with her. She just Hi. wants them to treat her like a human. Yes, I'm so sorry. Listen. My name's Rosie. I'm just uh, joining the call. We finished our evaluations of 2023 performance. You have not met Cloudflare expectations for performance. We've decided to part ways with you. I won't be able to go into specifics for numbers. Wait, why though? I would rather just you tell me that instead of making up some and telling me that right before I lose my job from someone that I've never met before, if you can respect that. Yeah, I can totally respect that. And I don't think Dom or myself today is going to give you any clarity or answers that's going to um, meet the expectations that you're communicating to us. All right, guys, what was the most awkward firing you've ever had to deal with? Start us off, Dean. So believe it or not, I have never had to fire someone. Um, I will say though, there was a, an eloquent parting of ways with one particular employee and it was actually on like the best of terms. Like it could not have gone better for both parties. Situation was guy came in to basically run our JV program, was doing a good job, really helped our company grow in that area and was like a great addition to the company, but it just wasn't hitting the numbers we were wanting. And, uh, we realized it was really our faults. Like we weren't giving the proper training, the proper tools. So rather than like just trying to figure that out and because we just bandwidth reasons didn't, we realized a guy actually was going to do better on his own and was ready to be on his own. And it was going to be better for us too. So we had that conversation. Hey, this works best for us. He he's actually one of my students now he's doing deals on his own, doing great. And you know, uh, we're doing just as good too. So De Dean's living healthy on that out there in California, not having to fire anyone, man, that's where just it's take at. care of your employees, man. Make them happy. Good for you. Good for you, man. All right, Leon, what about you? Who have, who has gotten <laughs> the, uh, the Leon leverage <laughs> and gotten shown out, out of the door? <laughs> 
I meant Dean's in California in an area where they don't have fires and he doesn't have to fire. It's a pretty <laughs> good spot, I would say. We need to find out where that that land of milk and honey that Dean lives in. Um, this one, I know exactly the one. Uh, like Dean, I spent 11 years in corporate America and eight of those were as uh, as, an, uh, as a manager and as a middle manager, as a regional manager, and, and uh, finishing my career all the way up, I had to do a lot of those, unfortunately, performance reviews and all those things. And I can honestly say, as, as a person in corporate, uh, shame on that particular company uh, for she didn't have a performance review. She didn't have any write-ups or anything that every corporate boss is taught very, very early on. And maybe it was cringeworthy to hear that HR person and those people she didn't know. They just did a horrible job of it. For me, though, think of Dean. If you've ever met Dean in person, he's a pretty big guy, former NFL player. I had a guy on my team that was a sales rep. He was uh, bigger than Dean, uh, looked like an NFL tight end, uh, and was pretty emotional. Uh, would go up and down. Was His sales career was just like him, up and down all the time. And finally, we had to make a decision after three or four years that we had to let him go. Unfortunately, it was just myself and my manager in the office with him at the end of the day. I can totally tell you that I was prepared to take an L that day. Uh, <laughs> if we to, emotionally, we knew that we could not stop him from running through us like the Hulk. Uh, and we were pretty worried that day. Let's just say uh, our shirts were not dry when we left uh, that firing on that particular day. But thankfully, he did not let his emotions take over. Whew. There we go. Cool, calm, and collected Leon prevails yet again. All right, CJ, what about you, man? <laughs> I mean, in 14 years of business, man, I'm just thinking about so many times I've had to let somebody go for something. Um, I, I guess the one that sticks out the most is, uh, you know, I had a guy that was a contractor. I had built a house. I don't remember what year this was, a long time ago. And... Um, we were doing a final walkthrough, you know, this, this is my home builder days. This is one of those moments where it's like, we're final walkthroughs, closing checks matter, right? All closing checks matter. You know, you're waiting for that closing check to hit in a couple of days. And I go to do the walkthrough. Uh, he's finishing up, tightening up some of the plumbing, had to reinstall a toilet. And there was a drag mark on the brand new pre-finished hardwood floor from the door to the bathroom on the first floor where the toilet was at that he was currently installing and i'm like yo like what did you do to the floor and he he told me it wasn't him as all contractors <laughs> tend to do and he didn't know what happened i mean the toilet the drag mark is literally to the toilet <laughs> and so i lose my mind you know this is you know this is another this is past life right i lose my mind and uh now we're almost like going to blows you know, in this house, the buyer pulls up for the walkthrough, you know, and uh, then it just, you know, we lost the buyer, right? You know, <laughs> we lost the buyer. had to resell the property because they had a drop dead date. They had to move in and they were just pissed because we're in here acting crazy about to fight each other. Uh, but but shout out to the real estate market. We sold it a couple months later for much more than we pre-sold it. Like I think like almost $40,000 more than we had pre-sold it six months prior. Uh, so it actually ended up working out for me and I fired the contractor. And uh, he's, every time I see him around town to this day, he kind of like flicks me off a little bit. Kind of like Steve does 
when somebody with a gas powered vehicle drives by him. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> there, there it is. Roasted Steve on his Tessie. Do, 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 do. <laughs> All right. What about you, Stratton? Man, I am nothing like Dean. Um, as we grew call magicians, we had to do all the fancy performance reviews and everything else. And we would have to fire people all the time because metrics matter and you're not hitting metrics or clients. They're unhappy. So we got to hit those numbers. And so one time, this one guy, his numbers weren't doing very well. And so we're like, hey, we got to do a Hubstaff, Hubstaff audit. So our team goes in, we record their screens, make sure they're working all day and doing all the right stuff. <clears throat> and then our HR department comes to me and is like, hey, so this guy, all he does all day is just watch porn all day long. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, that, this is the case. You don't need this. We don't need to send you the screenshots, but this is what's going on. And so that was by far the most awkward <laughs> situation I have ever hey. been in when I have to fire someone. <laughs> was like, yo, like I get it's your computer. I really do. But we, we come on, bro. We, we just can't be having this. Like, what at what you know, we're recording your screen. Like, what did you think was going to happen? And so, yeah, that was by far leaps and bounds the most awkward situation I've ever been in when having to fire someone. Did he ask you uh, if that was bad? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Like, Is that a bad thing? I just want to like, know if it was interesting, man. Was it like midget porn or like what was going on here? Like, <laughs> was this guy into some weird stuff or? I, don't, bro, I didn't even see the screenshots. I just had to like reach out to him like, bro, I get it. You know, like everybody has needs. Like, bro, we can't be having that shit. And your numbers suck because you're distracted. Come on, bro. <laughs> like shit, maybe if you were crushing it, I wouldn't feel as bad. But like, come on, bro. You, you hey, maybe. Metrics. May, we we gotta we gotta check his numbers. Did he have rookie numbers or pro numbers? You look at Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, he could have been an absolute killer <laughs> yeah. that you just weren't ready for. Like you no, could have like ready for him, he yeah. was working up to be a pro, and you just didn't give him enough time, man. <laughs> I will say this: that firing, <laughs> regardless, even if they're watching porn all day, is as, as a manager, as uh, a leader of an organization, is never easy. If I have one bit of advice for all of those out there that will be doing firings in the future, just make sure that any employee uh, is not caught off guard. Uh, that is the best thing yeah. that you can do as a human being is make sure that individuals that are not producing, they are not caught off guard and surprised that you are getting rid of them. They should know it's coming and they should know why. That is just the right thing to do as a leader. Mm -hmm. well, if you put those core values in place, and then I used to think the one-on-one -on -one meetings were so stupid, oh, but so it crazy. really is so important just to keep the cadence with that person and Absolutely. push it along. And then you can tell them like, Hey, we're here. And then even with the core values, it's really easy to hire and fire based off of core values too. Like Absolutely. it makes it a very transparent thing. Layoffs happen. Right. And sometimes just heads have to roll because you made a bad choice or the market did something. Yep. But if you can do one-on-ones and have core values, makes it so much easier. Real quick, Potter, just on that note, on that video, you noticed that she said in my individual one-on-ones with my manager, mm -hmm. she told me I was doing a great job. Don't lie to your employees. If they're not doing a great job, you have to be real. It doesn't mean that you have to be an a-hole. You just have to be someone that's real 
and that when they are getting fired, they're not crying because they're caught off guard because you've been telling them they're doing great and their numbers stink. Yeah. yeah. Not, just, not just that, though, right? Like, you know, practice for me is always uh, – now some people don't like me for it, which, you know, that doesn't bother me either. But my practice for me is always to, like, coach hard, like to train hard. And, and you got to train out the door too, right? And so when you're letting somebody go, it's not always just letting them go. But how can you coach them up and let them know how they could have improved things they could have done better or done differently uh, so they can carry that somewhere else, uh, you know, from there too? Well said. Absolutely. Imagine, hey, you're doing great while somebody else comes in with a box and packs up your desk. Like, dude, that's, that's not it. <laughs> Absolutely not it. So most awkward firing clearly is going to go to Strat Daddy over there having to fire the guy that was dicking around at work. <laughs> Um, so gonna get the point on that one before we get into our, our next question word from our sponsor, uh, Pat Hilton over at acoustic force media. The world is changing. So is the world of business. It's never been easier to get your message out to the entire planet. Let me help you crack the code today. My name is Pat Hilton. My social media agency can produce you the same custom digital content that landed me on stage at the biggest business events in the world. I've rocked the roof off with the best digital marketers in the game. Getting social media content filmed and produced for your business is now as easy as ordering a cup of coffee and hopping on a video call with your friend. We find trending topics in your niche, coach you through recording in the comfort of your home or office, create engaging clips and graphics, then upload them online and manage all your social media pages. Bring your brand to life. Contact Acoustic Force Media today. All right. Thanks to Pat. We appreciate everything you do uh, for us around here. We're going to get into question number four. This is going to be a, a favorite, I'm, I'm sure. With the Cowboys losing in the first round again and Dak Prescott underperforming, when is it time to move on from your franchise player? Start us off, Stratton. This, I think, would be the hardest thing in business because the team who got you to one place is not going to get you to the next place. Right, so the team that you had that got you to seven figures, more than likely isn't going to get you to eight figures. And you'll, if you listen to all these great business interviews, I was even listening to Ryan Smith. He sold a company for four billion dollars, and then they brought him back on to take the company public, and then he doubled his money again. And his biggest thing was he was hesitating whether or not he wanted to go back because he'd have to rebuild the team because he knew his old team wasn't going to be able to do it. And so you have to be really honest with yourself with does this person have the skill set to get us to where we want to be in the time we want to get there, right? Because if I don't have the skills to do it, I need someone who can. And those are very, very hard conversations. With the Cowboys, I don't think they can go to the draft or go find another quarterback who's going to be better than Dak, just flat out. And so at that point in football, you kind of got to eat that bullet. And I mean, bro, they're talented. I would say you got to fire the coaches first. And that kind of goes to looking at yourself internally and what are you doing wrong and how can you give your team the tools that they need to be successful? All right. All right. <clears throat> They've already said they're bringing back McCarthy. So, yeah, I, I mean, saw that this morning. It, it is what it is. All right, Dean, what about you? What are your thoughts? When are you moving on? 
Man, I, I was hoping Steve was here because, you know, as athletes, it's fun to just kind of have these type of conversations. Uh, but, you know, him not being here. Look, Dak statistically is an elite quarterback. You know, performance-wise, the, the touchdowns, the yards passed, all those stats, he's he's an elite quarterback. But, you know, s same with Phillip Rivers. When I played with Phillip Rivers, like, he was at the top of his game. He could freaking launch that ball, and he was a real leader. And the team was behind him. But there's a difference when you get to the playoffs. Look at guys like Eli Manning. Does he strike you as an absolute stud? I mean, he's playing in the NFL. He's obviously good, but he was kind of average throughout the season most of the times. Look at the Super Bowl seasons. They always were the wild cards that barely got there. But look at playoff Eli Manning. That dude can win Super Bowls. He's won two, right? So there's a difference between winning when it's crunch time and winning during the season. And Dak just hasn't been finishing it when he gets there. So... It's tough to say, but I agree with Strat. Are they going to find someone better? Good luck right now. Uh, I don't see anybody available that's going to step up. That's a uh, that's great analysis. I'm glad Dean's here for this question today. You know, coming with that uh, right there. You know, I don't think Steve would have blessed us with as good a perspective. If I'm just being honest, he's a great athlete though. But he, you know, he's dude, he just, is. Uh, ever since he has, he has no skills, great though. calves, great athlete. Great calves. <laughs> ever, but ever he since cannot that, ever since that Achilles it. injury. Like he hasn't been the same, man. He he hasn't been able to dunk on anything other than the kitty hoop. All right, Leon, what about you? Before I get into this question, you know, when when I hear Steve and all these injuries he's had, he's had ACL tears and Achilles tears. I'm like, how does this most non-athletic person ever tear things? <laughs> I don't know how it's possible. Um, the verb petering, as in petering out. It comes from the Peter principle and to what Stratton and uh, Dean were talking about earlier about what got you here will not get you to the next level. And, and the Peter principle is just that. And I don't know that that fits for Dak, but if we're referencing this back to business, you know, you, you look at two things. Does this person still, is this person still aligned with our core values? And can they get us to the goals in which we put forth for this year? Not last year, not the year before. Are we going to 10 million? Or are we going to 20 million? And can this executive take us to that level? If the answer is no, then you have to make a hard decision, which it's really hard to Stradetti's point earlier. It's really hard to move on from people that have gotten you to a certain point, but it's the evolution of business and Certain people just don't have the ability. It's the law of the lid. They can only take you so far and they get stuck, right? Mm -hmm. So from especially from a leadership standpoint, an executive standpoint, but to their point on, on Dak, if we go back to the sports reference, uh, good luck on finding anybody better than him. And so if you're going to have a quarterback that you know you can't replace, you better get someone in there that can coach him up to, a high, to his highest level of ability. Yeah. There you go. All, Leon always comes with great perspective, he, even when he's limping into the playoffs. He's the Eli Manning of PTD over here. He just comes in strong. All right, CJ. <laughs> That's right. All right, CJ. What about you, man? Yeah, I mean, this is like the Achilles heel of like most small businesses, uh, most businesses in general. You know, like when I mean Stratton and, and, and everybody else is saying it. 
when somebody's not hitting a trailing KPI or they're not hitting a projected KPI or they don't have the ability, right? Like if somebody hasn't hit a key performance indicator within a certain period of time, franchise player or not, they could be your most talented person, but people have lives, people have things going on. So things change, right? Things impact their ability to perform. And so you have to make adjustments. What a lot of people do as an Achilles heel is, and this is how you see a lot of businesses that plateau, right? Because they, they stop growing year over year, month over month. And so what happens is they, they get so rooted in the, the people they have now, the personnel that they have now. Um, and generally speaking as in a business, right? Uh, in, in terms of like growth, you're generally having to pull out and replace people at different, uh, different positions in order to continue to grow and level up. And sometimes that's, that's an executive coach could be a player. Uh, it's just when the KPIs indicate that's what you need to do this. You know, we've heard of CEOs being removed from companies. There was a time that Jeff, Steve jobs was removed from Apple for a certain period of time. Yeah. They brought him back. But that decision was made, I'm sure, at that time intelligently. You know, the, the guy from Uber, right, uh, bringing, taking him out of the business to try to continue to grow that business and not impact it. So it's just one of those things. Oh, and I mean, so, if, with all these, like, tech companies, right, the old way they used to do it, they'd let the founder take it to a certain level. As soon yeah. as they got product market fit, they'd go and they'd go find an actual corporate CEO, CEO corporate yeah. management team, and then throw them in there to let them do it. Now it's a little bit of a different way to where these founders have to get really good as entrepreneurs to be able to grow those things. But for the longest time, it has been absolutely get product market fit as soon as that's good there. All right, now we're going to bring in a corporate management team. And then my other thing in this, and this is in your business, do not over promote as far as titles and names. My biggest mistake I ever made, and this came from the girl who ended up stealing a bunch of money from us. I called her our COO. We we're only a seven figure company. In no place or anywhere did we need to have a CEO or label her as a CEO. Now she had nowhere else to grow. She, no one else could be hired above her. And it created just a terrible, terrible spot in my company as far as like leadership and cultural standpoint. Well said. Uh, I see that all too often, especially for those that are listening that are, you know, they, they have acquisitions people and they're getting to a point where they're like, man, I need a sales manager. And the, the worst thing you can do is take that your best salesperson and put them into a sales manager role. They, they don't fit it. It's not the perfect fit for them. But all too often you see people put in put into manager or titles like that that don't belong. But just because they've been loyal, what have you, um, you got to have the right talent. A perfect analogy to that in this, this DAC um, situation as well is, you, you have to be always be recruiting. This is no different than a college yep. football or a college basketball coach because the talent that is going to get you to the next level, you have to have long-term, you should have long-term relationships with those individuals to bring them in when the time is right. Perfect example of that is like, look at the Chiefs. You know, Alex Smith was a Pro Bowl quarterback, was really good. He's very similar to Dak, could get them to a certain spot, but they couldn't move off of him until they had Pat Mahomes behind him for and sat for a year. Same situation in your business is making sure that if you know where you're going, always be recruiting that next person to take you to that next level. There you go. <clears throat> um, so it sounds like everybody's going to keep Dak. Uh, that's, a, that's a good thing right there. Uh, mm -hmm. Stratton started. What are you going to replace him with? Uh, I don't yeah. know. Maybe do, maybe do like a... What was it? Uh, the the golf trade. 
Uh, see if you can maybe do like a trade like for like. I don't know. Kyler Murray isn't doing anything here in Arizona. We could ship him out. You, know, you can, don't want Kyler Murray. Dak is a leader of men, and if you're going to be a quarterback <laughs> of a football team, you need a leader. <laughs> Yo, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, let's not give Hold Dak on. too much, man. Let's uh, not give well, Dak. I, mean, too much. Bro, I think about. he's he's the ideal leader for a yeah. football team. He may not have it all on the field, but the reason he's kept his job so long is because he can lead humans. Because yeah. if you're in a locker room, you ha- it's the most diverse group of people ever. And so you got to be able to communicate with all of them without all of them hating you. Like Carson Wentz, bro. Everybody's like, fuck Carson Wentz. I don't like him. And then you can see like the teams fall apart. I don't. You can see it. Yeah, see yeah true, true. But ultimately, man, there, there's a layer that's more important to that, and that's called ownership. And so it doesn't matter how good of a leader your on-field leader is. No if your organizational it. leader isn't top-notch, and that none of that really matters, honestly. No doubt. But I, wrong. CJ, I'd love, I'd love for you to have Dak with with your commander's team one time, so you can actually have somebody as <laughs> a leader on the field. For your squad, man. Oh man, yeah, we, we would we would take Dak. Trust me, you man. would take Dak in a heartbeat. We would take it. We would take it. <laughs> All right, we're we're gonna get into question number five here. Uh, with the Democratic Party seemingly protecting Biden from a primary, what would you do if your boss kept protecting an underperforming team member? Start us off, Leon. Oh gosh, this is getting really, really bad, isn't it? Uh, each day, it seems like old Paul Paul Biden. <laughs> Uh, continues to uh, get one foot closer to the grave. Uh, he, he doesn't look good, and he's being protected like uh, you know everyone's great grandfather. I uh, don't I obviously don't blame the, the party for doing that, but for me, I think your natural leaders are always, always going to pull the the leadership aside and say, "Look, this isn't working for us towards our goals." Right? I'm always going to someone like myself is always going to call this out because we as a party or we as a business are only as strong as our weakest link. And if our weakest link isn't being called out and isn't being is being protected, then ultimately we as an organization are not going to be the best that we can be. So I'm calling it out. Um, so I know that they probably don't want to go rogue with that, but someone's going to have to step up and be a leader and call it out. Absolutely. I, I like, I like that plan of attack there, Leon. All right, CJ, what about you? What are your, what are your thoughts on this, man? Yeah. Shout out to, to our, uh, our, our question writer and co-writer, uh, Steve Trang and RJ Bates, uh, for the framing of the question. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, but look, if, if I was to pro- working somewhere, I've kept protecting underperforming team member, it's not somewhere I'd be working at. I mean, it's an integrity issue, right? So yeah. if somebody's going to protect an employee, that means that there's some underlying relationship that influences that. Uh, and that means that it'll happen either in that capacity again or in another capacity later, all of which would likely affect me and my ability to provide for mine. Uh, so I'd quit and simply just go work somewhere else or be my own boss one day when I grew up. <laughs> there you go. All right. Um, can't argue with that. I mean, I can't imagine that's a good work environment. Somebody's being protected that should not be there or has not earned the right to be there. All right, Stratton, what about you? What are your thoughts? Give me Trump or give me death. 
First off, <laughs> yeah, I, I like my coins. Protect my coins. Bring back cost segregation, 100% bonus depreciation, all of it. I want my coins. That's what I'll start this off with. But when it comes to being protected, we had the situation happen. And in so in partnerships, right, you think one thing, your partner thinks another thing. And so we had an underperforming employee in one of our companies. And one of the managers was like, hey, this person is absolutely terrible. Like, I know they're terrible. I'm, I'm going to talk to my partner and blah, blah, blah. And then she comes to me, and this is the most eloquent way I've ever heard of someone going after someone who's being protected. She said, at what point in time does this person match up with our core values? And then she took every trait of this and her actions, and she lined them up with each core value. She's like, none of these match up. What are we doing here? Right to where it was a clear call out to the company culture and how that person did not match. Now, if at that point, your boss does not align and is still babying them, blah, 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 and anything else. Yeah, now it's just probably time to cut the cord. But that was the most eloquent way I have ever found someone being lower and speaking up to the boss or the next management level and being like, hey, how does this add up? Here's the actions that I'm seeing. Here's the results that we're getting. This does not add up. I don't agree with this. Man, that's outstanding. And also, I can't wait for your viral YouTube short of give me Trump or give me death. I can't wait. Man, <laughs> I'm going to share that one on every social media platform. <laughs> All right. What about what about you, Dean? Yeah, well, I'd say I'm really let down that Steve isn't here today because we're one Asian away from looking like a Democratic Party today uh, with the speaker <laughs> list that we have. So um, really let down about that. But, uh, you know, the Democratic Party, what's interesting, they, they seem to like to protect people by either putting the opposition in jail, killing people or just doing the whole regular election rigging. So, you know, short of doing any of that, uh, when it comes to, you know, protecting people underperforming, I've actually had employees come to me and voice their opinion. So I would say as an owner, as a manager, I've appreciated hearing feedback because then I can I can uh, reflect on that. I can take appropriate action. So I'd say on the receiving end, I think that's good. And I think, look, you just you got to deal with it. If you're seeing that happening, you, you got a couple choices. You either deal with it and go talk like I have received. Uh, you either help that person get better yourself, right? If you're just going to sit back and see the issues go take action, go help them out. See if you can help the entire company, the team out by giving them the support you feel they need and seeing if they'll take that olive branch. Uh, and the other option is just to get over it and go switch to another team or a different company. So uh, that's kind of what you're, you're, you're left with there. CJ, uh, you mentioned that you would just leave. Uh, you didn't mention anything about actually addressing it. Would you, would you just leave before you addressed it? Mm. Yeah, I mean, what's, what's, what's the benefit of addressing it? Right. Like the, the way I see, like I hear Dean, the way I look at it, I don't have ownership. It's like, so I'm addressing it to what benefits specifically, like I'm going to fight to stay somewhere that lacks integrity. No, I have no, I have zero interest in that whatsoever. Right. Like I can bring it to your attention. Sure. But there's no lateral benefit or vertical benefit to me in doing so other than just keeping a job. Uh, what if that you're you going to uh, Dean in that particular case? Um, maybe he, he wasn't aware uh, that it was a violation right. of integrity right. and he could fix it. 
that that's my 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 one uh, question rather than just leaving. Yeah, but this is how I read the question, right? So it's like, if if Dean's has a team member, Dean, you wholesale, I think, right? Yeah. So wholesale if, Dean, if, Dean, if Dean wholesales, I would assume Dean has a standard KPI in which he holds his team accountable to. And in my team, we have what's called a minimum KPI expectation. If you don't meet the KPI, we put you on a PIP. It's a performance improvement plan. Right. If you don't meet the performance improvement, you go. Right. It doesn't matter if your brother, aunt, uncle, cousin, mom, it just doesn't matter. So if I'm on Dean's team and we've got a leaderboard, we all have stats that we can see. We can see team stats. And if team if, if Dean's keeping Stratton on the team because that's his guy and Dean's told the team that, hey, the minimum KPI is 15 percent. And every and then Stratton's closing at 10 and he's been here six months. He's never been on a PIP. But anytime I fall below 15%, Dean's saying something to me. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm not a rocket well, scientist. I mean, there's no reason for me to be there. Well, let's use that as an example. That's a really good example. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate the fact that you you actually use performance uh, write-ups to be able to drive performance and, and give expectations. But as a, as a manager, I'm not allowed to share that with you as an employee that someone else is on write-up. What if they're on a performance plan and you just don't know it and you're leaving before you've had a conversation with Dean and Dean saying, yeah, this is, we're aware of the situation. It, it takes time. Like you typically have yeah. a standard verbal first written and second written in the, before you can get rid of someone. I, I love that. Right. And so I, I run sales teams. Right. And so here's how I look at that a bit differently. Right. I don't, I don't think that's to be siloed that somebody on our team, it's a team for a reason, right? I don't look, I played sports too, not at the level of these guys, but I played sports my whole life, right? I don't believe performance is to be siloed is to be supported. All right. So when somebody's underperforming on a team, I'm sure Dean and Stratton, just like myself at some point in their, in their professional or their athletic careers, they stayed after with a guy or somebody stayed after with them to help them get better. Right. And so if, if the team environment is I don't even know if you're not performing, Leon, or that you're on a performance improvement plan. It shouldn't be just up to the, the, the team lead. It shouldn't be just up to the sales manager to help you improve your performance. It should be up to the team because that also means there's another top performer that's on the team that's likely not a team lead or the sales manager who could also help with your, 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 your performance. So I think we got to get away from the, this, this, the culture of like, Nobody needs to know what's going on with somebody else on the team. No, we all should know because we're all on a team together. And so we're going to get better together because you're not like somebody who works for me. You're, you're not you're not leaving until you you already know that you're going right. You're, you're yeah. nine times out of 10. You're leaving before I can even get you out the door. Right. Because right, we're going to afford it. Go ahead. But you're not telling your your other employees that this this person is on write up. Now, no, but think about you know they're no, but think about what I'm saying. Think about what I'm saying. If the policy is if you underperform for X period of time, everyone knows you're going to be on a PIP. Sure, yeah. <clears throat> this is a false perspective. I promise you, on people's teams, on your team right now, just like on mine, if somebody's underperforming, the entire team knows sure. if it's not being spoken on. And guess what's happening? They're talking to each other about it, not you in a team environment. I'd rather have open and honest dialogue as a unit, as a team. And if we can pull somebody up on our squad, we're going to pull them up together. If we can't get them pulled up, then they got to go. I agree with everything you just said there. My only 
bit of advice to anyone would be before you just up and leave, especially if you like the organization, but all of a sudden something has soured you on this particular situation. I would just, I would speak to that manager before I just up and leave. Left. Hey, Leon, I don't disagree with you, but I'll just say this in close. <laughs> Sounds like an entrepreneur is what it is. <laughs> yeah. I own my own business. Yeah. I don't need to do this anyway. You don't have ownership, man. Money loves speed, bro. I got to get down the road, get to the money. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I think it should all be like, me and Dean have had this, and Chris, I know you've had this. Leon, you play basketball. The day after the game, in the team meeting with that goddamn laser pointer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, he's like, ah. In college, we were playing Kareem Hunt. We were going against Toledo. We are on the one-yard line, and I had to tackle Kareem Hunt and stop him. And he legitimately stepped through my chest. <laughs> and just bam, ran me over. And my coach replayed it over and over and over again and all he said was you got to make that tackle strat you want to make it the next level you got to make that tackle it should all be a meritocracy and everybody should know the standard if everybody's held accountable in public and obviously those really hard conversations are done in private but there's a film room and a group film room for a reason so everybody knows where they're at i think ray dalio really figured it out with his principles book mm -hmm. and the way they run bridgewater if you can run it like that there's a lot less issues. And then the only thing I would say with CJ saying he'd want to leave, the number one thing I questioned was, well, how much buy-in has that leader created for you in that organization? Mm -hmm. It is very, very hard for mm -hmm. someone to pick up and leave when that leader has created a great environment, created great buy-in, great incentives, the golden handcuffs, I would say. No one's going to pick up and leave if you have amazing incentives, great buy-in, that leader has your back. No one's just going to pick up and leave. That person is going to do everything they can to address it. Hey, I see this, blah, blah, blah. And that is how you're going to keep that A player who does hold that standard. Because if he's like, I'm out because I don't hold the standard, that is the dude who you want to be on that yeah. team and helping lead that ball forward. We went a little long on question five there. I'm not mad at it, though. That, that was good dialogue and discussion right there. Um, gonna throw a couple points to Dean for the absolute smackdown of Steve not being here. Um, Twice, yeah. Like I got, I got to throw, I got to throw my guy Dean some some points over there. Um, it's been a it's been a great show today. Uh, returning to the winner circle, Mister You over there. I see him. I'm waiting for there's there it is. There he is. There he is. Uh, good show today. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, we hope that you guys enjoyed it. Um, you know, Strat, good to see you here today. Dean, nice uh, inaugural, you know, uh, PTD tour. We're going to go ahead and do outros real quick. We'll start with our champion, CJ. Say bye to the people. As always, man, bye to the people. Uh, shout out to Light Skin Steve Trang. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I'm sure RJ is. Who knows what RJ is doing today, man? Uh, he, he he could be playing roller hockey in the cul-de-sac. Uh, you know, he, he he could be messing up a rehab. I mean, it's just no telling what they guys got going on today. So shout out to RJ. Leon, great to see you. Stratton, good to see you as well. Dean, you as well. Potter, as always. Peace out, y'all. Uh, word on the street is RJ is actually getting a foil treatment on his beard right now. So that's, that's where he's at. I don't know. It was like a whole thing. Uh, Stratton, say bye to the people. I hope Mr. Pfizer's okay. I heard today he's getting his 12th booster. 
<laughs> I hope he remembered to wear his three masks in his Tesla on the way to that appointment. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for having me on. Chris, it was great to see you, man. Old man Leon, great to see you. Dino, shout out Deal Champs. Um, if you go. guys need any virtual assistance for your company, go to virtualhelp.io. We can help you staff. If you guys are looking to invest in real estate, I would love to talk to you. And yeah, thank you guys so much for having me on. And give me Trump or give me death. <laughs> Biden will ruin the country. Gavin Newsom's going to be even worse. You want the man who's going to protect your coins. If you're listening to this podcast, you're all about the coins anyways. <laughs> uh, you know what? It is what it is, man. Like This is, this is what happens when we got Stratton showing up. Dean, say bye to the people. Hey, I just appreciate you guys having me here. Opportunity to chat it up is like the locker room kind of conversation <laughs> stuff. So it's always fun. Um, again, I, I was just surprised that I was even invited, you know, because it does kind of seem like uh, more of a, a liberal podcast. So just because of affirmative <laughs> action alone, I'm just disqualified. I can't even be at the table. Um, you know, you can see the Democratic questions being uh, plugged in there. So I uh, just appreciate being allowed to be here. And, uh, you know, I also appreciate, you know, the, the fantasy players uh, that, that are uh, putting sports questions in there. They want to feel like they're kind of a part of the game, you know, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's just a pleasure to be here with the people. And uh, you guys can always connect with me at DeanRogers.com. Made it real easy for you guys. Connect with me in all ways there. There we go. Dean, we, we appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks for busted shops today. Last, certainly not least, say bye to the people. Leon, do not forget the Jeep, Barnes. Who knew that football players could bring such intelligent responses to a great show? Thank you, Dean. Thank you, Strat Daddy. Good seeing you guys. Uh, well, that was an insult or a compliment? That, that was nothing but uh, love right there. Nothing but a compliment. Here's going here. This will be an insult. So, uh, <laughs> no, I'm prepared. Steve, no, it's, it's before Steve and RJ. You know, they, I, I don't think RJ's ever uh, missed a show and we, we missed them, but you guys did a great job today. I know RJ, I, I'm word on the street is he broke his helmet um, and he could not make a show today. <laughs> so, it's, uh, it was, it's always good. Uh, to be on on Thursdays and like uh, Dean said, chop it up like it's a sports locker room. Enjoy the show. Good seeing you guys. Oh, man, it was great. Everyone, we hope you enjoyed this show. Make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel at Pardon the Disruption. And we will see you guys next week.